Holly G with the Golf Insiders with Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Big win on Sunday, Bob, for the Scott. Martin Laird, who his last win was 2009 and at the age of 37, had to be thinking, uh, also having had a pretty nasty injury that, um, you know, the lights were going out on his career. And bingo, he uh, has a big win um, and uh, a great story. Yeah, amazing resiliency. Like you said, it had been a while since he's won, and, you know, I think he won overseas in that interim, but it had been a long time. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you wonder how these guys keep going. They go through a lot of, uh, you know, we usually just highlight the good stories, and there's a lot of these stories in the background. And a guy like Martin Laird who lives over here and it probably doesn't get a lot of attention in the, in the mainstream golf media. And just, you know, there he is. He steps up and, and uh, gets himself in position, has a chance, and despite a little hiccup there at the end, manages to pull it off. And, and you know, now he's got job security for two-plus years. It's pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty life-altering for these guys. And, uh, you know, did it on a, on a great stage. You know, these, these fall events this year have taken on a little bit more um, sort of heightened uh, of a look because we still got a major to go in a few weeks. Uh, now, he's not going to be in it, unfortunately, despite that win, but it gets him in in 2021. Uh, but, you know, we've seen some really good fields here of late and continue to the next couple of weeks. Yeah, this, uh, I mean, TPC Summerlin looked absolutely spectacular. This is a very popular event. It benefits Shriners Hospitals for Children uh, out there in Las Vegas. And, you know, um, <laughs> Horses for courses, courses for horses. I mean, so Laird um, lost in a 2010 playoff after winning in 2009 at this golf course, which uh, was why he was actually given a sponsor's exemption to get in last week. And, um, you know, he'd fallen to, gosh, I don't know, 300 something in the rankings, 358. So uh, wow. he needed that sponsor exemption and, um, you know, winning uh, at a place he had won 11 years ago. You know, just, just the, the way these guys keep plugging along uh, is, is, you know, the stories we love to tell week after week on the PGA Tour. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, to get a sponsor invite and win, you know, basically – you know, didn't have enough status to get in the event, you know, and now he's going to be able to play pretty much any regular tour of any one. You know, shows you how big those opportunities can be. And uh, uh, so good for him for taking advantage. And, and, you know, even if he hadn't won, he was going to have positioned himself nicely to have, you know, secure status. But obviously winning takes care of so much. It means he gets to play in Maui. Um, you know, which is a small field event with with guaranteed points and money. And, you know, it just opens up so many doors when a guy can step through like that. Yes, and he, uh, you know, had to um, fend off Matthew Wolf, 
who you know we've been watching. He's been one of the hottest sticks out there, uh, losing that close uh, U.S. Open major to Bryson DeChambeau, and you couldn't miss him on Sunday in that chartreuse pink shirt he was wearing. I don't know if that's his uh, new go-to color on Sundays, but uh, as well as, you know, Austin Cook, who just uh, had a terrific putting stroke, just smooth as silk to watch him. It was, you know, just great to see these guys, uh, you know, really play to win, you know, down the last few holes. And then, um, you know, the playoff, uh, just, just great win for Laird. Exactly, and uh, as you noted, Matthew Wolf, uh, you, know, you know, just kind of, kind of proven that he, he he's probably going to be around, for, be around and, and be in contention a lot. You know, he's 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 played in two majors and has two top fives, actually, I think two top fours, and uh, comes right back out and and uh, puts himself there with a chance again. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty impressive, you know, what some of these guys are doing and. And uh, it's going to be fun to see, you know, how, how it progresses. Some of these young guys that have been doing so well. And as, as we move towards the Masters, and, I, you know, before you know it, we'll be in the next year and hopefully everything goes well and we'll, we'll be getting closer to normal with some of this stuff. So we're going to get uh, treated to another uh, close-up look at a very um, – Private, private golf course this week, Bob, as the CJ Cup will be hosted by Shadow Creek. And Shadow Creek, uh, as some golfers deep in the weeds may know, was the personal golf course of casino billionaire Steve Wynn, designed by Tom Fazio. And um, some of us have listened to Fazio tell the story about Basically, he was sort of given an open uh, open bank account to build this just lush, dense, gorgeous golf course that looks like something in North Carolina in the middle of the Vegas desert. Exactly. Uh, you know, I think it was built with the idea of being a perk for the high rollers out in Vegas. And, you know, it's, it's turned out to be a pretty – Pretty uh, well-known private course, and that's you know where Phil and Tiger had their match two years ago. And I have to give the tour credit. You know they've gotten they they they've come up with some some unique ideas here to fill in the gaps. And you know one of them was playing two straight weeks in Columbus earlier in the year uh, when the John Deere wasn't going to go on, and now when they you know, realized that it wasn't going to be a good idea to ask these guys to go to Asia, uh, obviously in this climate and also with the Masters only a few weeks away. You know, they were able to pull off relocating these these Asian swing events, at least two of them. And, you know, one of them's at a place you would never think you'd go to. And, and then the other, obviously, is next week at Sherwood where – you know, there's there's been some history there. I think it's great, you know, and people are getting a look at this place this week, which is nice. And, you know, maybe if it goes well, it, it, it becomes, a, you know, an alternative for them in other years. 
you know, and uh, uh, it, it's given them, you know, it made you think outside the box a little bit, you know. So, I mean, the idea of playing two straight weeks in Vegas this time of year, you know, actually makes a heck of a lot of sense, you know. And, you know, I realize they like to spread these, these tournaments around to different communities and such, but... And I think once in a while, this isn't a bad idea. You know, it, it, it makes life a lot easier on all involved. And um, uh, good for them. I think it's, I think it's uh, turned out really well so far. Absolutely. And, you know, without the crowds, you really get to see the golf course up close. Uh, you know, it was true at Wingfoot. You know, you really you know, get to see so much of the golf course. So it's a real treat for golf fans, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, a lot of interesting history and uh, famous stories about Shadow Creek. I think the most uh, famous is Tiger Woods talking about how he met Elizabeth Taylor on the 17th tee when he was uh, out there as a kid uh, playing the golf course. I have never heard that one. I know Tiger does have some history there. Um, and obviously there have been, you know, it's, it's the type of place where you could just show up and you know you're not going to be bothered, you know, uh, if you're invited out there or what have you. So um, I don't know that one. Um, I know Tiger played there a lot earlier, early on. Um, he's, had, he's had his foundation. has had several things there over the years also. It's actually kind of a real surprise. Maybe I'm a bit surprised he didn't add this. Um, you know, because it's a golf course he's familiar with. Uh, but but you're right. It's 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 a uh, uh, it's it's got kind of a mystery mysterious you know backdrop about it that I think is intriguing to the people. So uh, some breaking news yesterday: DJ is out. He tested positive for COVID nineteen. You've got Tony Finau, who had to withdraw last week. Can you give us an update on how the PGA Tour is reacting to these latest cases? Yeah, I mean, it's it's maybe a tinge concerning. I mean, after a pretty good run there, um, you know, they had six straight weeks without, and then they had two in a row, or they had two back to two at the U.S. Open. Uh, and then now we've had consecutive weeks with, you know, pretty high-profile guys. Um, Finau was, is not back this week. There was some thought he might be able to get back. I don't know if it's because he's not feeling well or just because he didn't pass the, the 10-day threshold that you need to in order to uh, be cleared. You know, now Dustin Johnson. And, you know, you got to give DJ some credit here. Um for being responsible, he got out to Vegas on Sunday and tested negative. And then later that day, he didn't feel that well, and he didn't feel all that well into Monday. And my guess is he probably didn't feel great, but he might have felt good enough to go do things, you know, like we all do at times. And he decided not to. And he decided, I'm going to wait this out a little bit, and on Tuesday... He still had some symptoms. He thought, you know, I better go get checked again, and he did, and he was positive. I mean, this is the whole point of it, right? So it kept him from going to the course. And the tour has, I don't know if it's fortunate. I think there's some good luck in this, 
but they've also done a good job of, you know, I mean, they have not had any incidents where they where people have spread this at tournaments. You know, it, these have all been pretty, I think I've got 15 now, 15 different, you know, 15 players have tested positive over the course of four months, which in the overall scheme of things is really good. It's really low. When you see what's going on in the world, see what's going on in other sports, you know, uh, you, there's no bubble. It's it's somewhat in, these guys are traveling from all over. It's somewhat inevitable, you know, and I don't want to dismiss it. Certainly nobody wants to get it, but people are going to get it. And yet they've not really had outbreaks at tournaments. You know, um, they've been able to keep it, keep it contained. And uh, I'm sure they cross their fingers every week, but uh, it's too bad. I mean, look, we're, we're a few weeks out from the Masters. DJ's playing great. You know, he, he just was sixth at the U.S. Open. He had just won the Tour Championship. He had, he had won the Northern Trust. His game is in a great place. And now he's missing out at a place that he really likes. You know, and if he can't play next week, then what? You know, then it looks like the only chance he have to play is the Houston Open before the Masters. I mean, it's really, um, you know, tough timing. In terms of just in terms of the golf, so um, hopefully you know he'll be like the other guys. He's going to recover quickly, and and he does have a chance to play next week also because he first had symptoms on Sunday. That means if he doesn't have any symptoms and doesn't have a fever by next Wednesday, he'd be able to play at Sherwood. Although he wouldn't be able to practice, wouldn't be able to be on site. Would he'd have to just show up Thursday? So. Um, you know, hoping he's okay because, uh, uh, you know, he's he's in prime position to contend at the Masters again this year. So uh, we've got a great field for this event. Uh, Brooks is back, and he says he's feeling a million times better and uh, spoke about some of his injuries and uh Sounds like he's he's pain free and spent a little time with his coach Butch Harmon, who's out there in uh, Las Vegas. So, uh, what do you expect to see from Brooks? Yeah, that's that's a big curiosity this week. What has he got? You know, last year he had the stem cell injection um, right after the Tour Championship, and his first event back was was the Shriners. And he he missed the cut, uh, and then he he went to Korea uh, for this event where he had where he aggravated it, and, uh, and and you know hasn't been the same since frankly, you know so now he's had this injection again. My guess it was sooner. We haven't heard much sooner than you know the tour championship time frame because he missed all of the playoffs. So maybe that's a little bit more time to recover from that. I mean, I, I thought it was interesting his, his, his comment about I didn't know how bad I felt until, until I got to a point where I felt good. Yeah. You know, and so, so you know, I, you know he, he's got to be a little bit rusty. I don't think we should expect the world out of him this week, but uh, it's a good sign he's back. I think he's playing next week also. Uh, in fact, just about everybody, in, in, you know, and – these these two tournaments are only seventy eight player fields, and they their first the first criteria is is the top sixty available from the last year's 
FedEx Cup final standings, and just about everybody in the top 60 is playing these events. Uh, you know, like I think Bryson is the only one in the top 60 not playing next week, and you know they came pretty close to it also this week. In other words, if 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 number 12 doesn't play, well then they go to 61. You know, and so in, in fact it, it creates this strange oddity. The Tiger finished 63rd in the FedEx points. He should play next week. He is almost certainly needing the sponsor exemption that they'll give to the defending champion if he wasn't already in. I mean, that's incredible to think that all of those guys are showing up. Um, a lot of it has to do with the Masters being next month. But, you know, typically when these events are in Asia, they get they have to go down to 75th or 80th to, to, to fill out that, uh, that number. So uh, it goes to show you how much these guys want to play. You know, they're very, very keen on uh, – I'm playing these tournaments and, uh, and and obviously getting ready for what's coming up. Absolutely. You've got, you know, the likes of Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, uh, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, uh, you know, just loaded. John Rahm. Interesting note I saw was that uh, four of Justin Thomas's 13 wins on the PGA Tour have come in the fall portion of the schedule. <laughs> yep, he he won he won this tournament last year. Um, I think he won in Malaysia twice when they played there. Um, yeah, you know he's been a guy who's taken advantage of this time of year. Uh, you know, I think there's something to be said a little bit for guys who don't completely shut it down. You know, uh, this year is obviously a lot different, but in past years, you know, these fall events. Come, you know, some of these guys who play through the tour championship, they're they they want to shut it down. They need a break, and so you don't see all of the big names get geared up in these tournaments. But I think Justin is a guy who doesn't take that much doesn't take that much downtime. He likes to just play golf anyway, you know. And so yeah, he might take a week or two where he's not in full golf mode, but I think he's still playing a little bit. He's staying in touch with it. I think it helps him. I think it makes you that much more ready when you're ready to play these events. So, uh, uh, you know, it's, I, I, I think now it's, it's up in the air because you got such great fields. you got so many guys. But, uh, yeah, there's something about the fall for him, and maybe that bodes well for him at Augusta also. And uh, speaking of someone else that's uh, looking good coming into Augusta and has taken advantage of the fall season, Sergio Garcia you know, winning his 11th PGA Tour title at Sanderson Farms. So, you know, you've got Sergio uh, revving up his game, you know, past Masters champion. Uh, it's just, you know, it's really exciting watching uh, what's going to be the next um, two, three weeks leading up to Augusta. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the silver lining, I think, in, in what's been a tough year. Um, it's, it's nice to have that Masters coming up in November. It's nice to have golf still matter uh, to a large degree at this time of year. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the transition into the new season is then not, not that far away. I mean, I know we are in the new season, but in terms of the calendar year, you know, the last major now by the normal schedule is played in July. I mean, we're already three months past July and still with another – 
roughly six months to go until the Masters in April. Kind of a long time, you know. Uh, obviously, there's big events before that, including the players. But, uh, you know, now that, that bridge is much shorter. You know, uh, after the Masters, you know, we'll be into the holidays quickly. And before you know it, all these guys will be in Maui and Meditori Pines and, you know, we'll be not that far away from the next major again. In, in, in that weird sort of strange way, that, that makes it a little bit easier, I think, to deal with. Well, I think in normal years, quote unquote, um, over the Thanksgiving holidays, we start to hear that twinkling music of the Masters Championship. I think the promos start. Uh, for the Masters over Thanksgiving weekend, Bob. And yet, uh, two weeks before, we're going to get treated to, um, you know, some extra turkey uh, and dressing with uh, the Masters in the fall. And I, I can't wait to see the golf course. And, um, you know, I don't know how much different it's going to play. Uh, you know, they showed some pictures of it. Uh, was it, what, a month ago? Um, looking... Uh, you know, not quite ready for prime time. We know they shut it down every summer, but uh, you know they've got that sub air system, and uh, I, I, unless they unless they um, ship in the <laughs> the magnolias and the azaleas, uh, it'll probably have a different look. I think it will have a different look, but but uh, I also think that it's still going to look really nice. Um, I don't think there's much doubt about that. They've had they've had nice weather since that hurricane that you know kind of blew through you know up into Georgia about three weeks ago, um, and you know from what I've seen lately, the temperature's been a lot of days in the 80s. You know, some some cool nights, but not cold cold nights, um, and that to me suggests you know good growing weather. You know, and so uh, I, I, I think there's a chance it's going to look spectacular just in a different way. You know, and, and it's, if it's in the 80s right now, that means they really haven't had, you know, it's not really fall. But it might be in a couple of weeks. So you might see some, some leaves changing colors and, and falling. So I, I think it has a chance to be great. And, you know, my only, my only downside is no fans. You know, it's a shame that we can't have that. But I think for people watching on TV, it's going to really look cool. I couldn't agree more. We're four weeks out, Bob. Uh, gives me goosebumps. Can't wait. Uh, before I let you go, who's your pick for uh, this Sunday at Shadow Creek? Really tough call this week with the golf course. Not a lot of guys know and so many good players. But I'm going to go with Xander. Um, I think that he's playing as nicely as anybody. And uh, one of these days he's going to break through again, you know. So uh, I've picked him a few times, I think, but I, he's my guy this week. All right, the X Factor. I love it. Bob Harrod, ESPN, thank you so much. Thank you.